You're listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Caro Cook. Today, we're joined by Rabbi Elkanan Popko, who is the president of Eitan, the Americans-Israeli Jewish Network, whose mission is to connect American Israelis to the broader American Jewish community. Rabbi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Bradley. It's great to be on. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about Eitan. I mean, it's, these cross-cultural bridges are so important. Can you share with us at a high level about Eitan? Absolutely. So Eitan is an organization I started about three years ago, and the mission was to connect Israeli Americans to the broader Jewish community. Like you said, the American Israeli population is the largest, not only American Jewish population in America. So in the 80s, you had a wave of Russian American Jews who came here and integrated beautifully into the larger American community. There were several organizations that helped make that happen. And so as I saw the rising numbers of Israelis coming to America, some estimated at about a million, I decided that there needs to be an organization that will facilitate their integration into the larger American Jewish community. And so the idea was to make sure that Israelis that come here are aware of the infrastructure that's already here, schools, synagogues, federations, etc. And that was the idea, to make sure people stay connected to their Jewish heritage and even as they come here to the United States. Wow, that's amazing. And what a valuable mission and need for in the Jewish community overall with the number of Israelis that are coming in. I'm super curious, what is it that brought you to this and go back as early as you'd like? Tell us your path and your story and what made you so passionate about this. So it doesn't really get much earlier than uh, the day of my birth, uh, which was in uh, Jerusalem. I was born in Israel and uh, really having that connection to Israel, growing up in Israel and then coming here definitely enabled me to sympathize, connect and feel close to the Isra other Israelis that come here. Granted, my parents were Olim, and so I did have more of that North American connection. Nonetheless, the deep connection to the Israelis uh, living in Israel, to my family there, definitely made me more sensitive to the Jewish community here, the Israeli community here. So I would say that coming from two worlds, coming from the world of American Jewry and the world of Israeli Jewry, definitely helped me recognize how much the Israelis that were coming here were not as connected. Because when I came here, I knew lots of family, I knew the infrastructure of Jewish community, I assimilated very quickly into the American Jewish community. And at the same time, I was able to recognize that other people coming from Israel who didn't have those familial or cultural connections were not integrating. They were sort of wandering off. And it's interesting because in a way they lost contact with the Jewish community more than other Jews who were living here who had much less of a connection to the Jewish community. And so I decided that is something that's vital. I should add that another thing that sensitized me to this is having a lot of Shabbat guests that are Israelis. And so many of them were unaware of a synagogue in their area, a Jewish day school in their area. And so it was very important to me to make sure that they knew that they're welcome in the Jewish institutions that are around them. That's amazing. And, and that leads me to the question, what type of engagement do you do with the Israelis? Like, how do you serve them? 
That's a great question. So I would say that th there is an organization that does fantastic work called the IAC, the Israeli American Council, and they really do fabulous work keeping Israelis connected and really being a home to many Israelis. The idea that we were pursuing was similar yet a bit different. The idea was to keep them connected to the American Jewish community. And so one of the most successful relationships we've had is where I live in New York. So for example, we've been running events at KJ, which is on the Upper East Side. The rabbi there has been extraordinarily welcoming. And I'd say to date, we've had over a thousand Israelis come in there for various events before the holidays for children. Uh, it hasn't been the only place, but the idea is to have existing Jewish synagogues, invite Israelis in, welcome them, and let them know that they are welcome. They are part of our people. We are one people. That's amazing. How do you measure success with that? So that's a great question. So just for example, tomorrow night we have in KJ, in coordination with KJ and the IAC, we have an event called Shishi Israeli, Israeli Shabbat dinner. And there are more than 120 people registered coming. The greatest success, I would say, is when you run an event and you see people that you've seen in previous events come again and again and again. Some of them tell us that these events are their only connection to any kind of uh, organized Jewish life. Some of them have children that really don't have another place they'll be learning about the Jewish holidays. And so they come in before Passover, they come in before Purim, Hanukkah, and they learn about the holidays, they get to socialize with other Jewish children. And so I would say greatest success is return. When you see people coming back and really people who you thought may not come again and they do come again, that's the greatest success and the greatest reward. That's remarkable. I love that way of measuring success. Can you share a story with us about one of your success stories? So one of our uh, success stories has been with, like I said, you have uh, parents that come in and that you can tell that they're really not keeping connected in any other way. And they tell you, this is our child's uh, Jewish connection. This is how our child learns about the holidays. Another way that is just very emotional is sometimes we have people who have their grandparents come from Israel and the grandparents worry I actually had a parent contact me and they told me, listen, my daughter is living in Manhattan. She has no connection, nothing. Can you invite her for Shabbat dinner? And thinking about the parents that are there in Israel worrying about their children and grandchildren losing connection to Judaism, losing connection with the Jewish people, and knowing that you are the one that is sort of working on behalf of those grandparents. The grandparents may have been people who fought in Israel's independent war of independence in the Six-Day War, and they really, that their Judaism and Jewish identity are so important. And so when you keep connected to those children and you say, listen, guys, you're here in America, but we love you and we want you to be part of the Jewish people. We want you to remain connected. That, I think, is the most powerful thing in the world. Obviously, there's so much more work that needs to be done. I think it is American Israelis are the largest untapped resource of the Jewish communities, and there's so much more that needs to be done. I would urge anyone who really works in Jewish organization, whether it's education, synagogue, or just JCC, general Jewish life, I would urge them to ask themselves, what can I be doing to bring in Israeli Americans in? Because 
like I said, they're the largest demographic. They do have a deep foundation of Judaism, and they are often demographic that goes unaddressed. That's amazing. You're doing so much good for so many people. What is your vision for the future? What I would say that the most important thing is to expand because we are doing a lot, but we're at the same time doing very little. If you think about the number of people that need to be addressed, the extent to which they are spread across America, there's so much more to be done. There's a huge Israeli community in Las Vegas, New Orleans, in Washington State. I mean, who would have thought that in uh, Washington State, there's an Israeli community. And yet I had someone from Washington State contact me and say, listen, we have Israelis living here and we need help organizing. And so I would say the greatest challenge ahead is also the greatest opportunity ahead. And that is to make sure that we reach out to as many people as possible because there's such a large amount of Israelis living here in places that perhaps you don't have so many Jews living in. We need to be reaching out to them. We need them to stay connected. At the same time, we also have a lot of Israelis that may be your next door neighbor. They may live around the corner from you. They may live on your block. I know that on the Upper West Side, there are lots and lots of Israelis living near me. And I am remiss to say that there aren't enough that I'm reaching out to. And there's always a lot more work ahead. So you mentioned a couple of ways that people could help serve your mission. What are other ways that people can get involved? Great question. I think that one way is hospitality. Hospitality has proven to be an incredible bridge builder. You know, inviting someone over for a Shabbat dinner, inviting someone over for a Hanukkah party, making sure that people know that they are welcome. I think that's something incredibly important. I mean, language, for example, is something that's so important. I know that here in New York, when they want people to feel welcome, you'll have a sign with 50 different languages, because that's what people speak in New York. You have people from so many different places. And so I think that letting people know that they're welcome. So it can mean making a sign in Hebrew. It can mean reaching out to Israelis around Yom Ma'ut and being sensitive to their culture. One example that is often ignored is the importance that days like Yom Ma'ut, Yom HaZikaron, Yom HaShoah are observed, are noticed. Now, I know that the Holocaust Remembrance Day, we just observed it, is widely observed here in America. And nonetheless, Israelis tend to observe Yom HaShoah at the time of Yom Ma'ut, same uh, about 10 days before. And so letting them know that, you know, we are noticing this. We are running an event that relates to this and making sure that we bring them in really in a way that often they uh, don't have an opportunity to express what they're used to. So yes, we think of Jews as similar in many ways, but there are differences. And so accommodating Israelis, again, whether it's Yom Atzmaut, Yom HaShoah, opening up to more Hebrew language, welcoming materials, that is definitely something that can go a long way. That's great. How do people find you or your website or where's your social media presence? We do a lot of Facebook and that's because Israelis tend to stick together and, and do a lot together on Facebook. There are dozens and dozens of Israeli Facebook groups across America. If you just look in the city next to you or the neighborhood next to you, there will be a Facebook group of Israelis in that area. So Facebook is a huge way of reaching out to people. We have our website, etanusa.org. 
That's another way we let people know about the work we're doing. We welcome everyone to contact us, whether it's through our website, social media. We're here for you, and no place is too far. Like I said, there was somewhere in Washington State, not a large city at all, who reached out. We're always here for people. If anyone needs help finding a synagogue, a school, anything that to be of help, we will do. That's great. And I thank you for all that you do and for being here today and wish you tremendous success in all your worthy endeavors. Thank you so, so much for all of your great work. Thank you for your podcast and thank you for letting me be part of it. I really very much appreciate it. You've been listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. If you know an executive director or nonprofit professional that you think I should interview, shoot me an email at bradley at growthexponential.org.